0: Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Welcome back
1: to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. Our heroes, along with the mortal form of Moonhammer, are fighting their way through the river Styx to gain entrance to Hell. But can they truly defeat the ghosts of their fallen enemies? Will Alan's amulet really lead them back to Quinny's soul? Will Bobbert and Moonhammer get back together or what? Find out next on Dumb Dumbs and Dragons.
2: He manages to pass. Oh, how closely does
3: he pass? Not by much. I'm going to use Bend Luck. Chaos Mage. Yeah. Roll a d4. We're taking four off of that roll that he did. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I don't know Bucky contributed This has happened a lot And I've
2: never figured it out In classic slapstick Headless guy humor He points at you You come up with the hammers and then the headless body shrugs and does that like, ooh, I'm sorry, wrong room. And then it like steps back and falls backwards off the boat. Yet again, the world dissipates. I give the hammers back to Moonhammer. Thanks. That felt weird. All of a sudden, the world seems to spin and twist around you. You find yourself sucked up into a tornado and eventually cast back onto the upper part of the island's mountain. You're surrounded by platforms, but looking up and expecting to see the plant here, you actually don't see that platform. It seems to be gone. Instead, what you see is a single hand grasping at you from underneath a collapsed altar.
1: And I turn around, okay, so Moonhammer, this is the guy who I tried to save... After wind god James Cromwell trapped you in a body due to a wish that he clearly misinterpreted. Not my fault. Clearly misinterpreted. He's going to be mad. Maybe you could like heal his spirit or something. I can do my best.
2: Moonhammer, can you please roll me a religion check? 15. He's grasping for you and you go over and what do you do to try and revive him?
4: So I grab his hand, mm-hmm. kneel down, close my eyes And start glowing, and the glowing goes into his hand as well. And this light starts (laughs) radiating out of the ground, and all of a sudden, I let this huge fart rip, and the dirt kind of like explodes (laughs) up into the air, revealing...
2: He's floating in the midst of it, Mm -hmm. and suddenly he has his hat back and Charlie the dandy gives a tip of it and says, much obliged, and then flies <laughs> off on a, uh, a cloud of fart. And
1: I look to Bucky in the back, simultaneously happy to have seen it and really sad. And I, I just whispered him, and I'm like, I am remember when I could do that.
2: So the rest of you get pulled up. But Bucky, mm-hmm. you roll me a perception check, please. 19. Something catches your eye that is on this note. So, Moonhammer and Bobbert, I'm going to give you each one point of inspiration for saving Charlie the Dandy. And Moonhammer, as you see this random guy you've never met float up, you suddenly, for the first time in a long time, feel like yourself. Your body feels a little more hearty in hale, and you can feel your hair start to fall away. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suddenly, you can hear cheers as you look around you. Swirling winds of the tornadoes start to form into stands directly across from you with mush for face. Alan and Do you recognize Javert. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Yeah, I
3: am from the Gargul. Wait, where are we now?
2: This is at the Thiefies, Bucky.
3: You don't I talk heard. about that very much. That story gets real
1: sad at the end, but oh. you know what? I'm feeling a little better about it because I think we're going to solve this. You know, oopsie-daisy, Humpty back together. Uh, So, <laughs> sort of I was in this... <laughs> <laughs> this is just happening. This is popping up in front of me. I'm just like, i going to have this conversation. I'm like, eh. Bobbert at his darkest, going into an arena fight as the thief Guild champion versus the Fighter Guild champion. So I sort of won the fight, and then they were going to heal this guy, but you know me and my murders. Yeah, yeah. So I stomped oh, his skull so he couldn't
2: get brought back to life. Why? So he couldn't get brought back to life. Moonhammer, how does this sit with you? This doesn't seem like a very moonhammery thing to do to a worthy opponent.
4: Not really that impressed with it.
2: Well, I didn't do it for you.
4: Well, I can't really blame you because without my guidance, you just seem to be led astray.
1: Oh, I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you fixed Charlie the dandy. If this is like a screw-up, do we help this dude? I mean, I don't actually have a personal problem with him other than I had a problem with everyone and still vaguely do. <laughs> he begins to run at you with his
2: hammer-up.
4: Uh, I fart very loudly, and this burst of flames comes out of my ass and forms into a lightning bolt. I reach around and grab the lightning bolt and thrust it right in front of where he's running, so it stops him in his tracks. Blue angel!
2: (laughs) Amazing. So he runs at you, and it's just a perfect Sideshow Bob rake take. <laughs> yeah, just,
0: yeah. <laughs> and you just hear him go.
2: Um, and the body falls backward and dissipates into dust. Alan, I need you and Bobbert to please both roll me a wisdom save.
5: 12 for me.
2: 17 for me. You're both overcome by terror, but you manage to stave it off as you realize that you're back at the stage at the thiefies. In the center of the stage, under a single light, you see Reginald stand pulling his sword out of the ground with some effort as it was stuck. Uh, And you see a Quinny-sized shadow where his sword was stuck. Which brings us to Bucky. Bucky probably
3: doesn't know about this moment in your lives. He's actually pretty preoccupied with an item he happened to pick up in that tornado. So if it's his turn... He's going to look over to Butthole and say, Mr. Butthole, is this where you and Alan kind of diverged?
2: Yeah. The group split up? Yeah, it's because of that asshole right over there.
3: Is that Mr. Quinny over there?
2: There's just a shadowy patch where Quinny would be. Technically,
3: no, but spiritually for us, yes. I think you should have this then. And I hand over Lightbringer. I've managed to snag Lightbringer. Lightbringer. I place the hammer into your hands and I close your fingers around it, so my hands are over your closed hands, and I cast Enlarge on
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> Bobbert, you grow in, in size and stature, as does Moonlight Bringer. You get some bonus stuff, too. What does he get? If I enlarge a target, its size doubles in all
3: dimensions, and its weight is multiplied by eight. I'm big and I weigh about 2,000 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Until the spell ends, the target also has advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. The target's weapons also grow to match its new size. <laughs> While these weapons are enlarged, the target's attack with them deal 1d4 extra damage.
2: So now I'm huge. Yep. And it is your turn in the initiative order. I
1: look down at him and say, ah,
3: little brother. (laughs) Uh,
1: And then I'm going to come at him and slash at him with slaughter gore. While saying, wake me up inside. And it casts a cloud of darkness around him. Mm -hmm. And then from the other side with Moonlight Bringer, I'm using one of my powers called Human Weapon, where I can use my whole body's weapon and swing that one down. So in a perfect world, he gets hit by the sword really hard and it all goes dark. And then a glowing hammer of light swings down and hammers the shit out of him (laughs) in the middle of this cloud of darkness. Yeah, I'm going to use inspiration on the sword swing. That would make a lot of sense. That didn't help very much. Uh, but I am also going to use my Howl of Agony. I'm going to reach deep within my soul and scream all of the pain I've felt for these months. Just literally murdering random gods in like <laughs> taverns. And every time I ever lashed out and didn't need it, just, just pour out of my soul directly into his face. Which adds a plus 10 to that. So that's now a 26 to hit. I get to add that before you say whether or not it's the best part of waking up. Uh, hammer, nat 20. Coming in with my giant fucking sword. Uh, nine damage, and then for Moonlight Bringer, a total of twenty-two damage.
2: He's so excited for revenge. He's still pissed about getting called dog dick breath. <laughs> um, that was catchy, <laughs> even in the afterlife. But a sword catches him in one side, and then in the darkness, he looks, and my God. Moonhammer. And the hammer hits him and fucking explodes yeah. Yeah. him. The entire auditorium starts to melt away and get sucked in his wake. The shadow of Quinny lingers for a moment before disappearing with the rest of it. Together, you're all sucked up into the current. Please, everyone, roll me either a constitution save or wisdom save. Dealer's choice.
5: 24.
2: 17. Yeah, 16. Nat one. And which were you rolling, constitution or wisdom? I'd be going wisdom. You are all pulled up into the swirling vortex. You're having trouble breathing. You don't know where you are. You can feel your memory sloshing back and forth. And all of you finally are pulled out. You burst through the surface and find yourselves rolling up against a shore. It's a much different shore than the one that you entered upon. It's grassy. It's a bit calmer here. The sky is more gray than red. However, all of you are bedraggled. You can see the raft slowly drifting over towards you. You can see the boatman holding up the stone. Tips are welcome. <laughs> but Butthole, you are currently staring blankly around. You have no memory of who you are.
3: That was amazing. Did you see? Did you see how big I made him? Yep. Let's
5: just be a little more careful about touching things that are outside the ride, so to speak.
3: All oh, right, That was me that made us do all that.
5: Yeah. Butthole, we get your soul back?
3: I'm just looking around.
2: sleepy.
5: I'm just going to go over to the boat and <laughs> retrieve his soul. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Can you roll me a perception check? Moonhammer, if you could roll a perception check as well, please.
5: <laughs> Natural 20. What the <laughs> hell is with today?
2: Beautiful. 15. Both of you recognize that Bobbert's eyes are completely blank. I burp and then go, oh, excuse me. <laughs>
4: oh shit. <laughs> I go up to butthole. I put my hands on either side of his head Do kind of like a mind meld thing to see if there's anything in there.
3: She just says, there you are, Peter.
2: (laughs) My marbles. You can feel that there's something definitely wrong, but you get the sense that it's less that his mind has been wiped and more that it's a mystical ailment.
4: I am going to use my protection from evil and good to try to lift this evil curse. I'm just looking around
1: wondering why there's no birds. Right, um, the
5: look on your face right now yeah, is I'm amazing. Yeah, i playing
1: it. I gotta stay in
2: there. <laughs> Things go from being so blissfully simple to being extraordinarily complicated in a matter of moments. The birds seem insignificant compared to the power of your parents and what they could do to you.
1: Oh, God damn it. I was happy a second ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just give me a minute to math it out.
1: And then I'd put a hand in Moonhammer's cheek. Th- thank you. Oh, you. And I like <laughs> boop her on the nose like twice. <laughs> and I was like, take a step back and try to put my brain back in my brain. <laughs> Goblin Jr. comes over and sits next to you.
5: And I slap your soul in the palm of your hand.
1: Ah, oh, cool. Here, you hang on to this, buddy. And I just put it in that little pouch at Goblin Jr.'s
2: neck. Snarf, snarf. He really is an emotional support animal. <laughs> snarf. <laughs> so we smash cut back to months ago. Avalon Riker is standing in front of a small, nicely appointed cottage. He knocks on the door. Very rarely in all of his life as a master thief felt as much panic as he does right now. The door opens, and he's fully ready to make some excuses to not really have to linger, but soon finds himself let inside and sat down with a cup of tea. Cut back to those of you sitting on the shore. Robert, have you recovered sufficiently?
1: Yeah, I'm back and ready to rock now. I'm full of a weird combination of sadness, but also happiness. I've pulled Bucky over. Yeah, that was cool. No, thank you. Do you know what? What? I'm just going to call you Bucky now. You earned it.
3: I don't understand.
1: You used to have to be Death Wish to be a part of the gang. But do you know what? Death Wish is gone. This gang's got its own Bucky. I'm good enough as Bucky? You're in the dum-dums, buddy. Oh. You're dumb because you sent us down there, but you're a genius because you helped me kill my brother again. So I'm going to call you a genius. And (laughs) once you're a genius, you're in with the dum-dums.
3: They call it the triple D. Bucky the Genius.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then I pick them up and put them on my shoulders, and we go back to find out what we're going to do next. It's like a little kid at the end of a baseball game.
2: <laughs> Buggy, I'm going to give you one point of inspiration for impressing your childhood hero. Amazing. <laughs> Alan, the orb is fairly dull right now, the amulet, mm-hmm. but these do seem to be the planes. Everything is muted gray. The grass is gray. The buildings are gray. The sky is gray. You know, it's like Vancouver. As you take some first tentative steps up off the shore... In every direction seem to be very gently rolling hills. There seem to be some farms. There seem to be some houses. Think like a Pleasantville level of lack of emotion and lack of energy. Mm. People just seem to be moving about. Is there like a castle or something? No castles. Off in the distance though, you can see what looks to be towers. Not castle towers, but sort of larger buildings. I'm guessing we got to go to the big buildings. Usually the people in charge like big stuff.
4: Makes sense to me. Okay.
5: Okay.
2: You begin trudging your way along. You see people of all sorts. Hi. (laughs) Hello. You see, like a lot of like burly warrior types. You can see a bunch of thieves, but they all seem to be wearing very drab clothing.
1: While I walk along, I've got Moonlight Bringer in one hand and Slaughter Gore in the other, and I'm just sort of weighing them opposite each other, trying to figure out what I'm feeling. Real confused. Ever since the memories came back, Robert's still not a Hondo percent yet. Which you can tell because he didn't object to being called butthole by everybody in the scene. Yep. Alan,
2: what's going on for you right now?
5: I'm just turning around in circles. It's like I have a compass. I'm trying to figure which way is Quinny. Anything happening with that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it seems to be fairly dull. Can you please roll me an Arcana check? Yes. 21. You hear a familiar voice in your head. It's one that you've been dealing with now for several months. That has been quite helpful. You've been almost building a working relationship mm-hmm. with. Hmm, Not having any luck, eh?
5: Not at the moment. Hmm. Any uh, thoughts?
2: The voice seems to consult. You can can hear like the thinking noises Mm -hmm. and the sort of things. Well, I've been looking over the schematics for the object and it it should be working fine. If it's not detecting him, he's probably not here.
5: But he's still in hell, right?
2: I don't know, but I'd assume so. It was hard enough for you guys to get down there. I can't imagine it was easy for him to get out.
5: Man, I really hope I'm not just talking to myself.
2: (laughs) Oh, Alan. (laughs) Um, You approach a large gray building. It does look like the medieval equivalent of an office building. There's just a a giant plaque over the door that says in every language that any of you can recognize, business, with a period at the end of it. It's written in Comic Sans MS. Oh, God.
4: Jeez. (laughs) This is hell. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well,
1: if there's one thing I know Moonhammer likes and I give her some finger guns and then feel awkward about giving her finger
2: guns, uh, I I just kick open the door. I don't finish the sentence. (laughs) Um, It's like you farted at a funeral. Record scratch. Everyone turns and looks. And it's in that like hilarious film version of what corporate life looks like where everyone has an identical desk. And everyone is writing endless paper and everyone stops and stares at the door. Hi, everyone. Hi, I'm Butthole. Oh, ho
1: well, that felt new. I don't know about that. <laughs> that might have been too soon. I don't want to rush things. And then I look at Moonhammer. I'm sorry if that was too soon. This We got to figure this out. Uh, <laughs> X's. Uh, so this is Bucky. This is Alan. And this is Moonhammer. A
2: goddess who's thinking about sending all her souls here. All of a sudden there's some commotion from the back and a demon that looks kind of like the body of a toad, but with spindly arms stuffed into a classic striped shirt with a white collar and suspenders. Chomping a cigar comes out and is like, what? Oh, uh, sorry, this isn't part of the tour. I'm um, very busy, very busy indeed. I'm going to need you people to leave. Where are we, sir? You're in the business headquarters, of course.
3: This is where we do business. Hell business? Yes, we're in hell and we're doing business. Oh, it just seemed like such a nice neighborhood out there. Oh, no, what is saying? this bring your kid to hell day?
1: Yeah, that's oh. what they told us out front, so I brought him.
2: Oh God, my wife is going to be so mad. <laughs> I forgot to bring Karen again.
1: Well, then you better make my son have a good time, or you're going to be in double trouble, oh, I Mister. I don't care I about son. your son. Well, well <laughs> yeah, Bucky's the happiest I've ever yeah. seen him. <laughs> At which point, I grab the demon by the throat because I get caught up even in my own stories. <laughs> you will respect
2: my boy. <laughs> Um, With uh, strength that surprises you, he breaks out of the hold and lands and does that kind of fun little guy acting tough to a big guy thing where he pushes his face up at your lower chin because he can't get up there. Watch the suit there, guy. He's also played by Danny DeVito. So, uh, Moonhammer, it looks like it falls to you to try and convince these guys.
4: I step in. I put my hands on Butthole and- uh, Tony DeVito. DeVito's shoulders- Gentlemen, gentlemen, we're so glad that we have reached this place of business because I have a business proposition for you. I
1: like business propositions. It's a place of business. Perfect. I look forward to your proposition, young lady.
4: (laughs) (laughs) We have brought with us something very valuable, but we can't trust it to just anyone oh we need to make sure that it gets into the hands of Dewala directly and uh, we just can't trust anybody else with it
2: can you roll me a persuasion check please or a deception check probably a deception check it's a deception check
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network here's another show we know you'll love friendly I never sent you an email I don't even know you
1: and why exactly are you here the map is the reason we're here
5: maps help when you're lost do
2: you know what a trap street is
0: trap streets aren't real they don't exist
2: don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them
5: I
0: I think he's dead
5: how could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period
0: of
1: time What the hell is going on
0: here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets.
2: Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hello
1: friends, Ryan here for another ad, but this ad includes how you don't have to hear me do ads anymore. That's right. If you join the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon, you can get an ad free feed to this show for just $5 a month. And that's not all you get. You also get an ad free feed for Warhammer 40k, the Valentine Heresy, another one of our podcasts. Plus, you get weekly video tableside chats. So you know what's going on with the company, what's going on with us. Plus, you get access at that same tier to our fan and patron-only Discord. It's exclusive. You get access to all of us. Our casts are there. Our creative teams are there. A bunch of other fans are there. This is a great opportunity for you to escape ads, get more of the stuff you want, less of the stuff you don't. Patreon.com slash dice. That's patreon.com slash d-u-m-b. D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Join up today and get your ad-free feed now.
2: Nine. He sort of scoffs. He's like, oh, like, Duella would ever come here. Uh, I'm afraid you've come to the wrong place. Now, if you want to consign some of your your followers here, we do have some slots open. We've been having some trouble with staffing lately. It looks at an empty desk and glowers. I mean... Bucky? You
3: want me to go to the desk? No, no, son. You're doing great. <laughs> I can go sit at the desk. <laughs> All right, you if got a job. Help. Get in there, buddy.
2: <laughs> Bucky, you go and sit at the desk, but you find that the chair's a bit small for you. Whose desk was this? Oh, it doesn't matter. I never showed up.
3: Oh. Well, I, I'm used to standing anyway. I don't normally get to sit down. That's
1: so. what your papa always says. Roll that wagon, boy. <laughs> so, like, did you fuck a dragon or, like, how did this happen? Listen, Mr. DeVito, I think this is weirdly disrespectful of your son.
3: Also, I don't know if this constitutes sexual arrest when your policies are confusing here. <laughs> you don't work for me. Bucky, trying to really sell that con, is just like, he fucked a dragon and I am the son.
2: <laughs> you want me a deception check, please? It's an appropriate three on the die. It's a total of eight. Damn, stuck-up dragons. It's okay, man. I get it. Yeah, you don't <laughs> fuck a dragon. A dragon fucks you. <laughs> Tell me about it. This guy's all right. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, sorry. Your son can't work here. From the looks of things, you all are still alive. That is true. So get out of that desk, Junior. So uh,
1: knowing that it's a small desk and he never showed up, like a halfling-sized desk?
2: I have to check the files. And he goes and picks them up. He's like, oh, yep, yep. supposed to be a halfling. But What's that uh, halfling's name? Quinny Brown... Uh, I don't know. Brown arrow? Sure. Sure, yeah. Brown arrow. Sorry, it's hard to read this comic sans MS. <laughs> oh, it's hell for you too,
3: huh?
1: <laughs> it's hell for everyone. It offends my eyes. Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On starts playing in Butthole's head and the whole room slows down and a spotlight hits him from above and it just does like a slow push in on his reaction when he hears Quinny's name because it lights him up inside but it also breaks his heart because they didn't find him. They could have. If only Quinny could follow basic business structure. But... <laughs> that's not who Quinny is. That's not who Quinny is.
2: And I want the real Quinny. All of this is going on in about two seconds.
5: Do you have a home address for this Quinny Brown Barrow?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I've been too busy doing business to go investigate myself. But uh, sure. So he gives you an address. Or at least directions to a place. It's not like,
5: third and main. Yeah. <laughs> like, Thank you.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Back to business, everybody. And when you look at the people who are writing, nothing's actually appearing on the sheets. They're just kind of writing infinitely and filing and writing and filing. Two people are having a conversation at the water cooler that clearly neither of them want to be in, but both just feel the need to be. Yeah, it's about Cougar Town.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yes, exactly. It's a traveling play about a town full of cougars. It's
2: very dangerous. Lots of cast members die. Yeah. (laughs) It's always acted out with real cougars. Well, actually, that's why there's so many people in the office. Half of them are cast members of Cougar Town. (laughs) Um, So you exit the office building and go in search of Quinny's home. We cut back to Avalon Riker, who is sitting in in a very comfortable, well-lived-in couch. It's one of those couches that doesn't look like much, but then you sit and you're like, oh my God, this fucking couch. (laughs) Um, In a very nice, very cozy room. The tea he's drinking is simple, but nice and comforting. And the moment that he's been dreading is finally upon him. Mustering up all of his mental fortitude and his courage, he looks Quinny's mother and father in the eyes and says, I'm sorry to report, in service of protecting Waterdeep, your son Quinny has died. And immediately they both burst into tears and he says, I I want you to know he died a hero and he died doing what he believed was right. You should be very proud of him. He was truly, truly the best of us. And he hands them the cloak that he's been carrying and watches in dismay as they cry together. Come back to <laughs> hell. <laughs> you leave the main area of downtown gray business planes and you make your way out into the country and you find yourself at the end of a long path with some rolling hills and you make your way up to a door just as Riker did months and months ago. And you open that door and inside you find a very small but very comfortable house. There's no one in it. It doesn't feel lived in. It feels empty. But it matches the address. And as you go around, you start to see pictures of Quinny on the wall when he was little. And it looks like just a very... hmm? Littler. Littler, yeah. (laughs) It just looks like a a very nice place.
3: We're still in hell. I just want to keep asking because this all seems really nice.
1: I would like to look for Quinny's bedroom. Sure. It's still decorated like when he was a child, I hope. Yeah, it is. I would like to search the room for a diary or journal.
2: Would Quinny have kept a diary or journal as a kid? He would not. I know it would probably be helpful, but honestly, he would not. Well, it's a good thing you're not in his literal bedroom. This is hell bedroom. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) A check, please, sir. Perception.
5: (laughs) Specifically, Quinny's hell bedroom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nine. So I just searched the obvious, (laughs) stupidest places
2: to hide one. Under a pillow, under the mattress. You do manage to find one, but unfortunately, it's not going to be as juicy as it would be if you'd rolled better. You open a journal that has some date. Today was fine. Everything went okay. Then you read the next day. It's like, today was fine. Everything went okay. Next entry. Today was fine everything went okay. And as you flip through, you see that's the entry for every single day.
4: We're in the room with him, right? Yep. I start looking at the pictures on his dresser Mm -hmm. and I notice in one of the pictures, Quinny looks different. So I hold it in my hands, get like this kind of weird feeling about this photo and I turn it around, open the back and see that there's, like, a message written on the back.
2: What does the message say?
4: It's not actually words, it's coordinates.
1: I look at it I'm not getting much out of the diary. (laughs) However, I think he's doing fine. It's a good day.
5: (laughs) 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 I'm guessing nothing's going on with the amulet.
2: It pulses slightly when you bring it near the photo that Moonhammer's found. Ooh. Are there any maps in the house? Or Like
3: a welcome brochure? This feels like a place that would have a welcome
1: brochure that like, would be like really boring.
2: there's a welcome brochure untouched on the table. That's kind of like a hi, welcome to your afterlife. Every meal
1: is oatmeal. Like, yeah, this place yeah sucks. exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah, but you get the sense that it's untouched. Looks like Quinnie never actually came here. And is there a map in the brochure? Like a yeah, there's a map like to a the theme park kind yeah, of. Map? There,
3: there's a map to the plains. Yeah, can we match the like? Is there is a,
5: there a GPS tool? Um, <laughs> is there like an <laughs> X
3: and Y axis coordinates that we can follow can based we, on? Can this? we hit? select phone. to open our local
1: map. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you
2: push the action button. I'd but like to d- set a waypoint for the coordinates from the picture. Ooh, no, sorry. That part doesn't become available till sequence 17. Oh, I hate in-game purchases. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, so uh, Moonhammer, looking at your coordinates, you're showing them very eagerly to your teammates, but none of them can read them. You realize that they're in the language that you speak. Perhaps this is some suggestion of your divine will rather than an item that was floating around. But using it, you're able to take the brochure map and rough out a location. What you find interesting, though, is as you're doing your triangulation, the coordinates start shifting on the back of the photo. Do you tell us this?
4: Yeah, I would tell you guys.
2: I think we got to name this thing.
1: And if there's one thing I know about Quinny, it's he's a bit of a marauder. So what if we call this the Marauder's Map? Because we can find Quinny with it wherever he goes.
2: That tracks. Lead
1: the way, Moonhammer. None of us can
0: fucking read this.
2: <laughs> um, Alan, the voice deep inside your head has, has sort of a way of almost clearing its throat when it wants your attention. Um, Alan, perhaps uh, Moon Moonhammer, was it? Perhaps Moonhammer would have more luck with the tracker.
5: Oh, thanks. Uh, Moonhammer, do you want to see if you could maybe find Quinny? I j- you're just a god. You're more, you know, soul stuff seems like probably... More your thing. I'll give it a go.
4: So uh, I hand it over.
2: So Moonhammer, once you receive the amulet, the photo actually burns up into a symbol of Moonhammer. The Soulstone amulet lights up, and you can track the coordinates on it now. So it's almost become like a compass.
4: So I take the amulet, and it points to this glowing light off in the distance.
2: Is there anything else you want to do in Quinny's house before you go?
1: I'm going to pocket that journal. I would like to pocket his cutest baby photo.
2: Weirdly, he looks more adult in the baby photo than he did when he was an adult.
1: That's what I intend to do, but it backfires and I actually take the most recent photo of him <laughs> thinking it's a baby photo because he looks the youngest. <laughs> and then I'd maybe just bandage up my shit a bit. I got really fucked up in that river. Yeah, yeah
2: you, can, you can take this as a short rest. So um, go ahead and spend, hit, die
3: if you want. yeah. Well, those guys are rolling on the way out, Bucky, well, definitely like taking all this and being in like the childhood home, one of his heroes, he notices like a family portrait in the entryway and Quinny has like eight brothers and sisters. It's just very big family.
4: There's something that I want to do before we go to. Sure, yeah. As I was walking around, walking down the stairs, I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror with this still really long, stupid, scraggly, mortal hair. <laughs> And I decide that I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to cut all my hair off before we go. I'm starting to feel more like myself and more confident, especially after the amulet stuff has happened, like my god powers are returning. And I go hack off all my hair.
2: What's the montage song? That plays while it happens.
4: And in the danger zone? <laughs>
2: <laughs> danger Luggins. Zone by Kenny Loggins is
3: very good.
1: Yep. <laughs> and while that's happening, I, I've just pocketed the painting and I step in the hallway and I can just see into the bathroom where she has that going on. And I even hear the danger zone faded <laughs> in the background of my mind. And I just watch that happen. And I think of all that's happened recently where she's healed Charles. She brought me back from the brink. And I don't even know that it happens, but it just as I watch it happen, I grow a five o'clock shadow. Like that's all that comes. It's just a little five o'clock shadow, and I probably gain five pounds just because I found a turkey leg that I'm eating without realizing I'm eating it. it tastes, watching her. It, it tastes
2: like oatmeal, but you don't notice. Yeah, and I
1: like I like drink an entire bottle of wine simultaneously. Just tastes like oatmeal. You don't
2: notice. <laughs> That's fine. I'm, it's just about that. So you finish the wine, and you're noticing with every blade stroke, she starts to look more and more like the goddess you remember from your encounter back in the day. You go back to the fridge to check and see if there's anything else to eat or drink, and all you find in the fridge are Bud Light Rattlers. <laughs> so you're just, you're good. <laughs> no one deserves no one deserves that. And I say this truly is hell. <laughs> Uh, so you close the fridge with a look of horror. It is truly the most horrifying thing you've seen since you arrived. <laughs> Moonhammer emerges with her new look. Moonhammer, how do you feel?
4: Feels smooth.
2: All of you observe almost a, a faint glow around Moonhammer that uh, was not there before. All right. So together, you all exit and start making your way across the rolling hills towards the light in the distance. The journey is one of those indeterminately long walks that you know logically isn't as long as it feels, but god damn it is just so fucking boring in this place that it could have been six hours. It could have been ten minutes. But gradually, the landscape starts to change, and the grass falls away to reveal blasted and cracked soil. You find yourself almost in a desert. You can still sort of see the grayness behind you, but now you're starting to see more color again, a lot of like deep earth tones, like it's dark. Craggy walls start to form around you as you walk. It's almost like a blasted out desert landscape uh, with sort of plateaus and mesas. But the light in the distance keeps drawing you. And as you get closer, you can start to make out a huge tent in the distance. And there seems to be quite a bit of commotion going on in and around it. The light seems to be enchanted glowing orbs sort of four points around it and you can see a procession of people arriving
1: it's like a circus kind of thing looks like a giant circus tent i mean
2: bucky's getting pretty excited about that
1: oh the circus (laughs) that's right son we're going to the circus and then i look to the others this queen they said she liked revels looks pretty revelrous to me am i right Perhaps we could find both Quinny and a revel we could suborn for our own purposes. Suborn is the biggest word Butthole has ever used. Uh, And he said it solely to impress Moonhammer. He's very nervous about how this will be received. (laughs) Well, he has
3: impressed Bucky.
1: He looks right over at her.
4: Nice word. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> he breathes the biggest sigh of relief he's ever breathed Goblin Junior's like oh snarf
2: like if he was human he'd have his sleeves rolled up in a cigarette just like oh yeah. <laughs> and then I
1: take out my refillable beer stein and I bang it on my leg grieve would you my goddess uh, and I offer her the beer stein because it'll be the only thing in this fucking place that won't taste like oatmeal <laughs>
4: Of course. I take the beer, Stein. Take a huge gulp, whatever's in there. It's beer. Okay, good. Thank God. Uh, take a huge gulp of beer and let out a mighty fart.
2: That's all adds up. <laughs> Bucky, I think you pull out a similar mug. Mm-hmm. You bang it on the ground and then you turn around really quickly and pour something in it and then turn back and you're like, ah, me too.
3: Yeah. Taps it on the ground and then kind of turns around and discreetly fills it with water from a water skin. But he uses digitation and makes it taste like chocolate milk because he is underage, guys. He's a responsible young man. He does not drink alcohol. This is the
2: only nod to the kids listening. <laughs> and he cleans his room and he listens to his parents. That's right. And then he continues his journey through heck. <laughs> 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 through hell with the drunken murderers. <laughs> Uh, Alan, what are you doing during all this?
5: I'm just really hoping that this isn't a repeat of our drunken rebels in the Wingard Temple. Just hoping
1: Butthole keeps it under control. I'm not drinking. Moon Hammer is. You did drink a bottle of wine at Quinny's house. Yeah, but that was just oatmeal. <laughs> well, it tastes like oatmeal. still wine. Hey! <laughs> <No. Yeah>. Oh! <Oh-ho!
5: laughs> <laughs> I just like to sneak forward. I'm not interested in drinking. <laughs>
2: no, I'm walking right beside her, but totally normally. <laughs> yeah, it's still quite a ways away.
5: I would like to approach Stella.
2: All right. Fair enough. The sky has shifted from sort of the gray clouds to cloudless. Like it's one of those weird things where storm patterns roll in, When you turn around, you can still see the clouds at the edge of the plains. But um, now they seem to be in a different area. The sky is dark. You can faintly see stars, but it's kind of like looking at a downtown skyline where you're like, I know they're there, but they're real faint. So as you get closer, there's a bunch of plateaus. It's kind of in a, a basin almost. So you're at distance, you can go up one of the plateaus, you can sneak in. There's a bit of a fencing around it, but it does seem to be a giant circus tent. And you can see there's a lot of demons and monsters, but also some humans and some elves and some orcs and dwarves who perhaps have earned this in some way, shape, or form. And there's a bunch of commotion going on outside. There's a beer garden set up. So there's commotion. Lots of people arriving and going. Moonhammer, can you roll me a perception check, please? I'll get everyone to actually roll me perception. it be fine. Because you're all staring at this thing. 23.
5: 9.
4: 13.
2: 12. Alan, your elf eyes see hmm. odd seams, and the patterning lo- looks very strange, so you start following the seams with your eyes, and you realize that it's stitched together out of skin.
5: Yeah, that's what I thought.
2: Cool Silent Hill
1: shit going that's- on. Hashtag flesh tent.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's hell. That's yeah. the worst thing we've seen so far. Not as bad as I thought it would be.
1: Well, I mean, everything's made out of something, right?
5: <laughs> that being said... Maybe we should watch our own flesh.
1: I don't want to lose my flesh. Remember that time I got off a bus in yeah. New York and just lost all my flesh? <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I look at Alan and I consider the advice and I look down at my wrist where I used to have a tattoo that said, Alan is your friend. However, it's been so horrifically burned by my burning metal with the brain that it's just as like, Alan, bro. I'm like, mm, I look back at her and I just put my arm away unsure and say nothing.
2: <laughs> How's the writing on your hand doing? I guess you've been underwater and It's gone right now, in. yeah. So... No, no more saves for you. Um, <laughs> He's
1: too young for tattoos. We had to talk. <laughs> They're a major
2: commitment.
3: Bucky talked to him about it being like, no, Mr. Butthole, I cannot do it. Yeah, I
2: I was actually ready to tattoo him. (laughs) I (laughs) feel like It's particularly bad for like a half dragon (laughs) where it's just like, oh, geez, I guess we're going to chisel this into you. Um, Okay, you're still at distance. How do you want to approach this? Also, the compass is glowing quite actively now.
1: Honestly, I'm terrible at sneaking. And Bucky, I love you, but you are equally terrible at sneaking. Maybe we should go in as tourists
3: because... I could pretend to be someone else.
5: I could turn into a bat. And fly around.
3: I could make myself look like a demon. No problem. Okay, I was not aware of this.
1: <laughs> Everything about you here gets cooler. I, I <laughs> Listen, I don't want to say this about anyone else, but I think hell might be like your thing. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> Moon Amber, can you turn into anything crazy?
4: I can drink a lot of Beer All right, and- so we'll go to the beer gardens. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> we'll go in as tourists. You want to go in as a demon, Bucky? Then you can sort of scout around in the demon parts. And then, Alan, if you want to bat it up, you can see what you can find, and then, I don't know, can you let us know? Oh, wait, we did this before. Yeah, you can come visit us and then do your dance talk. Can we play charades, <laughs> Moonhammer, you're going to be so into this. Bat charades.
5: I could just turn back into myself, but charades are fine, too.
1: Fine, if we want to be boring, then you can just come back and be like, here's what's going on, and then turn into a bat again, but no, win, I, whatever actually, you Actually,
5: I can only do it once a day, can't I?
1: That's such a plain Bat idea. charades it is. Bat charades. Bat charades is definitely from the Adam West run, not the... <laughs> We gotta play bashery. I don't know any franchise that has the line "Where did the
2: bunnies go?" It's pretty adorable. <laughs>
4: where did the bunnies go?
2: <laughs> so I think we got our plan. There's a surrounding fence. The best way to think of this is a classic big top, except made of flush, That is sort of at the center. Around it are smaller tents. So there's the beer garden. There's a large series of tents where the performers get ready. There's weird bathroom tents that don't look great, um, (laughs) and some carnival things. As you get closer, you realize that it's sort of like Jack Skellington attempts to make Christmas. Everything should be fun, but isn't. Everything is just slightly off. It's as though, truly, it has been designed by a hell demon going, this is what revels look like. It's the like, toilets are a person contorted. Yeah, kind of. <laughs>
1: and, and, yeah. and, so and, and it's like, sort of like if Dwight Schrute made a circus on his farm and you just went and you're like, this
2: is not a circus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, there's, there's Midway games but they're all whack-a-mole but you have to use your face and it's like, but, well, oh, couldn't, no, you have to use your face to whack these other things. Like, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and all of it is very certain and kind of gently Hieronymus boshy and horrible. Just
5: got a horrible image of people who came down as amputees just, like, bobbing for body parts.
2: No. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. It's, it, those are the kinds of entertainments. And this is I'm where we from. learn real-life Laura can be scary, too. <laughs> <laughs> as you start to get close to Moonhammer, you notice that there's a lot of people milling about, and even though you've been given a lot of respect, you're worried that since no one really knows you in this realm, you might not be able to pass yourself off as a god. Is there anything you want to do to help disguise yourself or uh, to help infiltrate?
4: Yes. I would like to use my cloak of stench.
2: All right. What does your cloak of stench do?
4: I fart a bunch and it creates a (laughs) cloud of stench and disguises me and makes me smell really bad.
2: Right. So like if if people are walking by and see you... It's like you're a really well-dressed person somewhere who's just incredibly smelly, so they're kind of like, oh, that's a, oh, no, and kind of have to
1: fight to not look away. Yeah, cool. This show can also be a biting criticism of how society treats the homeless. (laughs) 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 She smells bad. She's invisible. (laughs) Even hell is (laughs) classic.
2: Especially Hell's uh, class, Super classist.
1: <laughs> and Butthole, what are you doing? I'm There's, just in my Forsaken armor.
2: Like Honestly, your armor that you built in your worst mood is just kind of pretty standard issue down here. Like It actually fits the aesthetic pretty nicely. I'm just
1: going to swagger then. You know, you just own it and you're like, I could kick anybody's ass. Because I can. Ultimately, I still really hate myself. And I see this is the first date after like you meet your high school sweetheart again. So he's putting on a show where he sort of would like to get in a fistfight over Moonhammer's honor at some point or mm-hmm. whatever... The equivalent of that is in a weird hell where you're trying to win back your god's affection. Like, it's it's confusing, but he's ready.
2: All right. A lot of butterflies in the stomach. Not to be confused with the butterflies and fire cages that are for sale on the grounds.
1: Yeah, or the butterflies I can see inside a guy's exposed stomach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Bucky, tell me about your disguise. What do you look like? So I cast Alter Self, so I just take on the form of a, a demon. Okay, what does uh, that demon look like? We'll say he's got red skin kind of like a devil. He's got great big horns that come up out of his forehead. Uh, I can't increase or decrease my power. So it doesn't have like a devil tail or anything like that, but I'll have cloven hooves. Cool. What clothing are you wearing? My regular clothes. I can't change what my clothes look like. So Ah. I'm still just wearing like my adventuring gear. Which t-shirt were you wearing? I'll switch into our Forsaken t-shirt merchandise to get that real edgy (laughs) uh, hell vibe going. Remind me again what was on that one?
1: I think the one that you're wearing now probably says God Killer Forever. Uh, And and it's got a photo of the Forsaken doing the other famous God Killer in this realm. Diamond Dallas Page's hand gesture over his head. (laughs) Just because he's stolen it, because, I mean, right. none of this
3: merch is really that original. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And it's signed, and then on the back, it just says, like... Is it
3: tour dates on the back?
1: Of the- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah okay. like it's, and it's also got the location where you went, because that's from, like, the first day we met, so it's also, right. like, a lucky one.
3: Okay, yeah, so I've got the God Killer Forever shirt and, like, a cool, like, braided goatee. Mm. Yeah. But I'm also like, wow, so what's this
2: place like? Oh, Mr. Devil, you're going to have some fun here. Oh, man. You're greeted by, like, an overly enthusiastic, hype person who's outside. <laughs> He's doing the whole carnival barker thing. Step right up, the greatest show in all the nine rings of hell. Oh, one ticket, please. One ticket? All right. That will be a one foolish mortal soul. Oh man. And I like pat down. He's like, ah, my pockets. kid and Duella's taking care of all of those. <laughs> Go on in, you little scamp. Oh, thanks, mister. Oh, he's at his first flesh capades. <laughs> Laura no like (laughs) So you enter into the main tent Trying to ignore the smell of the tent itself Inside is what Marilyn Manson would like to put in a show But can't So he puts it on his cover and is like Imagine this, (laughs) but it's just me on a stage, the most (laughs) amphitheater. It's the thing that Laura was describing from Doom that she doesn't want to imagine. It's kind of that, like there's flesh hooks everywhere. There's weird shit hanging from the ceiling. The thing is lit by people who are on fire Mm. in cages who seem to be screaming silently. But there's lots of seating. You can see kind (laughs) of like demons and thieves and rogue looking types. You get the general sense that everyone's slightly uncomfortable with all of this. You know, in in late era Rome, when the emperors would be like, hey, here's this thing. I'm just going to go murder 10 people. And everyone's like, yay. Right. But there's still an air of excitement because Mm. it's going to be horrifying, whatever it is, but it's going to be something. In the center part of the tent, there's a big ring. And then there are four smaller rings to the north, east, south, and west. Okay. And those seem to almost be like the prep rings or where smaller performances happen Mm. while waiting for the main one. So you're at the south end of the tent, north end of the tent. There's a large viewing structure built. It's like the Royal Box. Mm -hmm. And you see, think Ursula from Little Mermaid by way of Warhammer 40K. So like just... (laughs) Very gregarious, sort of monstrous woman. Lots of tentacles, but everything looks like it's made of razors. Like Her clothing's all made of razors. You can see them twinkle in the light. All of them seem to have specks of blood on them. She's laughing. She's got an entourage with her that all seem to hang on her every word. Beneath her is the exit out into where the performer area is. You can see there's a number of circus staff coming in and out. They're all demons of various shapes and sizes. You see some like Jim Hellbent. The um, circus from fucking Batman Forever is kind of a good okay. uh, yep. basis for like how these people look. Too flashy. Everything's right. too overdone. You can see the ringmaster is walking around in Abe Lincoln style. You know, big guy up on stilts wearing a a hat, like kind of waving to people and trying to get all those scurrying folks ready. Yeah, you get the sense you've got a little bit of time before it starts. Cut to Alan. You're flying around as a bat from your vantage point, sort of circling the area. Big central tent. You can see there's a lot of action to the north, sort of like the back of any carnival where, Mm -hmm. you know, there's performers running around getting things done. Most notably, you see a large cage that seems to have a cloth draped over it. It was once a very fine velvet cloth, but now it's like a creepy stained cloth. But it's a Mm. massive, massive cage. And you see people kind of darting in and out. Occasionally, you see the ringmaster step out and like, awkwardly toddle around trying to get everyone ready. Then there's sort of the small fairway, which is, again, horrifying games that are all terrible and you don't really like spending too much time mm-hmm. looking at them or thinking about them. And at the beer garden, you see Moonhammer and the Forsaken sidling up to the bar to get a drink.
5: I'd like to see what's in the cage. So I'd like to fly down to the base of the cage and see if I can poke my little tiny bat claw yep. under it and just lift it up just a really <laughs> tiny bit. That's
2: the most adorable <laughs> thing you could do. Um, <laughs> can you roll she me a like stealth check, it? please? Yeah. A bat peek. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Six. You lift the curtain, and as soon as you do, you hear like, a horrifying noise, and all you catch is one large eye. You don't get much of a sense of it because it's too fast, but something smashes against the cage Mm -hmm. And you flip back in tiny bat terror.
5: Well, it could have been worse.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah. You didn't roll a you rolled two, so you're okay. (laughs) Beer tent.
4: I walk up to the bar and order a beer from the bartender.
2: The bartender has been around much stink in his day, so he has no problem taking your order. He's like, think a Shrek-style ogre if half his face was caved in. (laughs) Lovable, but terrifying. He takes your order and pours you the only drink on tap. Bud Light Rattler, and uh, slides that to you. He looks over to the Forsaken. I'm good, friend. And then
1: I take out my stein and bang it on my hip so that it'll fill. Yeah, it does that. That's good.
2: Hey, no outside food or beverage allowed. He reaches for your mug.
1: And I take my sword out (sighs) and I slam it on the bar in front of his hand. No need for this. And then I drop 10 gold pieces in front of the sword for him.
2: You see the hand he'd raised to call security to come kick your ass? Slowly lower onto the 10 gold. Slide back. Enjoy your Rattler-free night, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, new friend. And then I chug back
1: my stein. And the best part is (laughs) I have advantage on all charisma checks in the bar (laughs) because I rolled high so the beer is so good that I get to that, like, sweet spot and being in shit face where, <laughs> where, like, it gets me just loose. The
2: wine's already kicked in. Yeah, and I'm, no. like,
1: loose and charming. Like, I've never been more likable. The five o'clock
2: shadow really works for me. <laughs> Dear past Tom, you know when you're making up those magic items for <laughs> Ryan and Laura's wedding? <laughs> and uh, Moonhammer, did you want to do anything else in the immediate?
4: Yes. So I grab Butthole and start pulling him towards the biggest devil. Sure. Slash. Yep.
2: A classic Tim Curry and legend style devil.
4: I start pulling him towards the biggest devil because I want to find out more about Dewala. Yep. And if she's around or if she's organized this thing and I'm hoping to get some information from the most intimidating devil in this beer garden.
1: Cool. So I approach in typical Bobbert style. "Hello, friend. Can I offer you a Bud Light radler?"
2: "My favorite beverage. How did you know?"
1: "I've got a taste for the things myself." And then you I roll me a deception check <laughs> <At> advantage. <laughs> it's a 17. That's a Rattler, man, if I ever saw one. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at TheRyanLaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at DelBorovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gray.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
1: After all this time... What time is it again? I feel like the clock stopped.
0: Time was a
5: tennis ball we could bat round the
1: court.
0: Time for distraction, too. Time to just sink
2: to the bottom. Time to get to the
1: meat of this meat. Time for Greater Boston Season 4. That's right, on September 13th, Greater Boston returns, with new full-length episodes released every other Tuesday. And we're so excited for you to hear it. But also, it's been three years since our last season wrapped, so we're maybe a little worried that people might have forgotten about us. So we're asking for you to help spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers and classmates, tell your cat, tell your local subway busker. But politely, and without interrupting their performance, point is, now is a good time to share your love for Greater Boston on Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram and TikTok and wherever else you, you know, post things. Then, come back on September 13th when Greater Boston Season 4 officially begins.